Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Greensburg. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Decatur County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Wednesday, July 26th. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. You can find him on Twitter, Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. You can find me there too at Casey Daniels 317. And we're streaming live on YouTube right now. Type in Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. We have a big show for you today. Huge show at 10 o'clock. Jefferson Shreve. Indianapolis mayoral candidate is going to join us. Yeah, we're going to get into all the gun stuff, the the controversy on the gun proposal, the public safety proposal as a collective. And look, here's what I'm going to say. The guy is willing to come in and answer the questions. And on this show, what is the primary thing we complain about, Casey, is what a bunch of gutless cowards so many of these politicians are, who they lord over people, they do things that affect people's lives, they put out public policy that's complete crap, and then they run and hide and they badmouth us for talking about their public policy. He has stepped up. He said, I will come in, mm-hmm. I will answer the questions, I will take whatever arrows you're going to you know, sling at me, and so it's going to be a wild and wacky hour of radio coming up at 10 o'clock. All right, but we begin the show with the I word. I'm talking about impeachment. Kevin McCarthy, who has a 66% approval rating, by the way, said that he could launch an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden, and that is if the administration fails to provide information that the committees are seeking while they're investigating him and his family well uh, as bruce willis said in die hard welcome to the party pal Mm. and as joe biden once said get ready bal you're gonna end for a problem now everyone knows what joe biden is who joe biden is what his family is I, i said this i think you were on vacation when i said this that it is amazing to me that there would ever be in my lifetime someone that would occupy the White House that was more corrupt than the Clintons. Mm. Uh, you always thought they were the gold standard <laughs> of... He's lapping them. ...just blatant corruption and criminal behavior. But the, the Clintons look like someone on a work release program compared to what it is appearing that the Biden, it's the family. Mm -hmm. It's not just the inner circle like with the Clintons where it's Bill and Hillary. It's the family as a collective. I mean, you've got, you know, siblings involved in this. You've got the kids involved in this. He's obviously involved in this. And it is a level, I will say this, the one thing the House Republicans are doing, now they're not taking any tangible action yet on it, but they are Comer and Jim Jordan and the rest of these guys are really exposing, if you're willing to listen, what Joe Biden and this family is, and they are a bunch of criminals. So the White House press secretary, of course, is brushing aside the possibility of an impeachment inquiry. But Kevin McCarthy says he can't ignore it anymore, and here he is making the case for impeachment. Now, as an elected official, having all this information, should I ignore it? No. Congress has a responsibility for an investigation wing. All I'm saying is, and I'm sure you'd probably ask the same question, where's the truth? 
you've got to get to the bottom of the truth. And the only way Congress can do that is go to impeachment inquiry that gives Republicans and Democrats the ability to get all the information. Okay, so you ever notice how Kevin McCarthy, when he's saying something to the media, never sounds like he's making a definitive statement? He's always posing it in the form of some sort of, like, don't you agree with me? <laughs> he don't, wants affirmation. You know what he sounds like, Casey? He sounds like me at 3 a.m. trying to reason with Olivia. Uh-huh. Like it's, you can't, don't you want to go to sleep? <laughs> you can't make a definitive statement to a four-week-old child, but you can try to, in your mind, reason with mm-hmm. them as though there is any difference. And that is what Kevin McCarthy sounds like to me every single time he is in front of the media. Just say the damn thing. Biden is corrupt. Biden is a criminal. His kid is a criminal. The family is every, is all of the above. And we are going to expose it to everyone. And we are taking this guy out. Instead, it's this. Uh, well, don't you? What? But what? But it's like an, he's like an, a, a gas like sitcom character, right? <laughs> it is just the most ridiculous thing. But at least mm. it appears it'll take them 93 weeks to get to it. But at least it appears they're moving towards an impeachment inquiry. Well, and they're kind of waffling on the timeline because you had mentioned Comer and Jordan, they're saying things are speeding up and McCarthy is tiptoeing into the impeachment waters very slowly. It's like, oh, it's cold. I don't want to go in that water. But he is very slowly putting his foot in. You know who I'd love to ask about this? Who? Of course, he would never come on this show because he's a tough guy everywhere but with us is Jim Banks. Mm. Because Jim Banks is tweeting out, Biden should be impeached and mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Well, I would love to ask Jim Banks because you, you may know this, Casey. He voted for Kevin McCarthy 15 times why his amigo his palski his best buddy kevin mccarthy is so would trepid be the right word when yet jim banks and the rest of the republicans he supposedly hangs out with are billy badass on this what what is the difference this is the guy you voted for 15 times what's the hold up well you had mentioned uh your daughter a baby four-week-old baby and at times it feels like the biden administration thinks that Americans are just a baby who does not understand. We don't have the capacity to get what they're doing, but we do. And now it's being revealed another example of how corrupt this whole thing is. A close associate of the Biden family, his name is Alexander Mackler. He appears to have worked in the Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office for years, and this includes during the time that office was investigating Hunter Biden. I love these people's names. Yesterday it was Devin Archer. Yes, today we have Alexander Mackler. It's never Jim Smith, right? <laughs> Although I guess the guy, the prosecutor's name is Jack Smith, who's prosecuting Trump. So that's not totally accurate. So, yes, it has come out. Newsmax, various other media outlets. I think the Washington Examiner was the one who first reported it. That this guy, Alexander Mackler, who is a longtime Biden family associate, like very close with the Bidens, was in the Delaware uh, uh, U.S. Attorney's office when the investigation into Hunter Biden was ongoing. Mm-hmm. He worked there for a long time. He worked for Joe Biden. He was the press secretary in Joe Biden's Senate office. <laughs> that tells you how far back this relationship goes. He was legal counsel in his vice presidential office. He was also part of the Biden-Harris transition team. And 
And he managed the late Bo Biden's successful campaign for Delaware Attorney General. So the ties with this guy, Mackler, and the Bidens goes back decades. So it is not some guy who you would say, well, I was just a Democrat voter and I went to a fundraiser once and Joe Biden happened to be the speaker. Just a distant associate. (laughs) No, no. They have had years of not only a working, but a personal relationship. Okay, and and you make a great point here, Casey. This is relevant because if you are that U.S. attorney in Delaware and your job is to find justice, how would you not know the track record of every single person in your office? And wouldn't you look at this guy and go, uh, yeah, that's not going to work because this guy is best friends with the Bidens. This is one of those situations where you go, you need to recuse yourself. Yeah, but you can't even – it's like – I'm, I may have told you this. I'm binge watching because, well, again, Casey, at 3 a.m., you're at the mercy of an infant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have begun binge watching 24. Yeah. And people may remember that show was on for years and years on Fox News. Kiefer, right? Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah. Yes, correct. And there were all sorts of other famous people who were guest stars. It was the most popular show on TV for many years. And it is a, a terrorism show where every year it's 24 hours each episode is one hour and there's some sort of catastrophic terrorism event and Kiefer Sutherland is the only guy who can save the nation. Amazing how it happened year after year after year after year. But every um, every year there is always multiple moles or people who are working for the terrorists who you believe are good guys in the beginning. And one of the things that was like, you can't even have these people in the counterterrorism unit because they have access to the, all, all mm-hmm. the information that they can give the terrorists. Now, am I saying Joe Biden's a terrorist? No. Am I saying Joe Biden's a criminal? Yes. And this is one of the guys who would be on 24 who you would go, what? He was a bad guy all along working against the government? This guy's got all the information. He He's can give Joe Hunter everything. He's on the inside, yes. and all he needs to do is pick up a phone and text Hunter Biden and let him know, oh, this is what they're looking of at today. Course. This is ridiculous. And you better believe it happened. All right. It is 15 minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And LeBron James's son had a collapse and uh, was rushed to the hospital. And we'll get to that coming up from 93 WIBC. It is 20 minutes after 9. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. A few things I want to let you be aware of. Coming up at 10 o'clock, Jefferson Shreve is going to join us. He's running for mayor for the city of Indianapolis. So we're going to get into a lot of things with him, ask a lot of questions, and uh, hope that he's ready for it. Here's what I will say about Jefferson Shreve, and I think it's going to be a fascinating conversation, is whether you agree with the guy or not. Mm-hmm. And clearly there are components to his public safety proposal that people are very upset about. Um, he is willing to come in and answer the questions. And he didn't say ever, we have to talk about A, B, and C. He never said, keep this off the list. Nope. I won't talk about that. Nope. And so um, that is what we should want from our politicians. Whether we agree with them or not, so much of what we talk about on this show is a complete lack of accessibility to the people who make choices and a complete lack of accountability of people who make the choices. And whatever he says, it's probably not going to change my mind on the gun proposal. It's probably not going to change your mind. It may not change anyone's mind. But the reality is he is doing the thing today, will do the thing beginning at 10 o'clock that we 
are so adamant and so upset about politicians and our elected people not doing, which is own your baggage. Exactly. Now, I'm sure he doesn't look at his gun proposals as baggage. We look at it as baggage. But he has said, you know, they listen this to this. This is my plan, they, and this is how I came up with it. This is why. They listen to this show. They listen to the other shows. They know what our opinion is. And he said, I'm not running. I'll come in. I'll answer whatever you want to talk about. There was no topic they took off the table. And that, uh, to me, is everything we should want from our politicians because reasonable people can disagree, and I think it's going to be a fascinating conversation coming up at, uh, at 10 o'clock. Another thing we have coming up later in the show is your chance to win a family four-pack of tickets to the Indiana again? State Fair. Yes, again today. We're making winners today, Rob, winners. Can we do, do we have to take phone calls? Is that how we do it? Is that what we're doing? Yeah. Like, we can't just say, hey, we're going to find Kev a date, and we're going to have everybody send their pictures, and the <laughs> Kev will decide who is the winner. No, there's no qualifications. All you have to do is call the, oh. call the phone, call the line, and uh, we'll get a winner later uh, later this morning. But they did just announce their uh, concert schedule, the full list. It's on WIBC.com right now if you want to go to the side piece and check that out. And they're opening up the shows with Clint Black on oh. Friday. exciting. Yeah, it will be exciting, and uh, lots of good bands coming to Indianapolis for the State Fair. One other thing that I wanted to mention, have you seen this story about uh, the Biden's dog, Commander? No. It has, was this the one that was biting everyone? Yes, oh. that's it exactly. It has bit or otherwise attacked <laughs> Secret Service personnel at least 10 times yeah. between October 22 and January, including one incident that was so bad it required a hospital visit by one of the law yes. enforcement officials. Yes. And I have to think if this were any other dog, it might have been put down by now. And it's not even the second time this has happened. They did have a previous dog, a German Shepherd named Major, and that dog was very aggressive as well. Don't okay. Now, you are a dog person. Mm-hmm. I have a dog. I, I am a dog person. Uh, Kev is a dog person. I've had multiple dogs in my life, and I have found that the dog takes on the persona of the the owner, owner. Mm -hmm. right? Like, my bulldog, Bruce, is a dog version of me. He is Mr. I want to be everybody's best friend, Mr. uh, Do you need a best friend, Mr. Happiest guy in every room. However... He makes it very clear that he is the alpha and is in charge of every place that he goes. I like I look at my dog and the persona of my dog is mm-hmm. if Rob Kendall were an English bulldog. Yeah. Have you found with your Gracie dog that it has taken on the persona of you and your mans over the years? Uh, yeah, she's uh, lazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's actually, she she's getting older, so she does a lot of sleeping these days. But uh, yeah, pets do tend to take after their owner. And I just realized when I came over to your place to meet baby Olivia, yeah. I didn't see Bruce. Where was Bruce, uh, Bruce even there? Well, so for those who have been over to my house, Bruce has his own room. Yeah. Um, and it is a large room for those of you are like, you're locking him in a closet. No. It, is, it is a very large room where Bruce has free reign to do in that room as he sees fit. And we do that because I don't know if you know this, Casey. English bulldogs destroy everything they come in contact with. He a lot. Uh, he does all the things. <laughs> and so my wife and I made an executive choice when we purchased our home. Bruce, this room is yours. Mm-hmm. We will clean it to the best of our ability on a regular basis. But at least we will mitigate the damage yeah. to this room. And so that is where we go see and play with Bruce. And he 
it's like his home. He he. Yeah. It, people might say, "Well, that what a mean thing to no." He loves it. Like that is his his home. It is his area. He knows. I may put my bones. I may put my chew toys. Yeah. I may move my food bowl. It is his. Just like a kid would have a room. Yeah. Bruce has his own room. Well, he's a lucky dog because you can tell that he is very loved. By the way, the Bidens also have a cat, and the cat <laughs> is named Willow. All right, do we want to talk about what's going on with LeBron James's son, or yeah. should we get into the polling that's well, going on? Uh, why don't we Why don't we do the polling because there's fascinating polling on Trump that is out, and then maybe uh, still a Jen Psaki phrase. Why don't we circle back to the Elon Musk uh, comments on LeBron James' son? All right. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. That is on the way. I went home with a waitress. Polling, polling, polling. A snapshot in time. Well, this snapshot looks very good for Donald Trump. It is 934. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So the latest Rasmussen report came out and it says that Donald Trump is crushing it, drawing a 57% support. Uh, he is handedly beating Ron DeSantis at this point. Well, it's, a, it's an incredible margin. It's 44 points, according mm-hmm. to Rasmussen. Now, Rasmussen over the years has traditionally been a more friendly poll to Trump. However... Whether it's 44 points or 40 points or 39 points or whatever, it is at this point, it is not close. And uh, I I remain, there are very few things in politics that I look at and say, well, I did not see that coming. I did not see this coming. And in the case of Trump continuing to dominate the polling over Ron DeSantis. I genuinely believed, and I'm pretty good at, you know, looking at the landscape of of the political society and saying, whether I think it's good or not, here's what is likely to happen. I genuinely believed that people would see Ron DeSantis Mm -hmm. with all the money that he has, and they would look at what he did in Florida, and they would say, well, gosh darn it, why would I continue this needless drama and alienation of voters that comes with Trump when I can have a guy who has been consistently more conservative and liberty and freedom minded and quite, quite honestly, been far more competent in his actual governance than Trump was as a president. And yet people are just like, nope. Yeah. Nope. Don't want that. We thought that Ron DeSantis would be making big gains by Father's Day. Yeah. Well, that's come and gone. And he, in fact, is going the other way. Well, okay. And again, I preface it by saying this. To steal a uh, to steal a line from Animal House, nothing's over until we decide it's yeah. over. Uh, nothing matters until the votes start getting counted in Iowa. We see this all the time, where so and so was the overwhelming favorite, and then we got to Iowa, and well, no, you know, what a surprise on election night! It doesn't have that feel. It doesn't right now have the feel of my gosh. DeSantis is you know, a surging candidate. If anything, it's your ex-boyfriend, Ramaswamy. Mm-hmm. He, he's the one who's tracking right now. Is the new darling. Now, Trump will make mincemeat out of that guy if he ever views him as a, as a threat. I, I don't know if he will completely because Vivek has been defending Trump along the way. But he's not. But if Vivek actually wants to be the president, there's going to come a moment where he can't be subservient to Trump. And it, it doesn't even matter whether he's nice to Trump or not. DeSantis was super nice to Trump. And look at what Trump did to him. Yeah. And what does it say about the Republican electorate that six months ago, Ron DeSantis was 
oh my gosh, if only our governor were like DeSantis and every state should be like Florida. And Mm -hmm. oh boy, what a Superman. And just some bad words from Trump that are stupid. I mean, Trump's attacks on DeSantis are stupid and they're childish and they're ridiculous. And yet apparently that's all it takes. And, And people just go, well, whatever Trump attacks, I'm that I'm, I'm against that too. Some childish name calling, and all of a sudden his numbers start going down. Now, so now, look, let me be very clear because it's, I'm not. This is not a pot meat kettle moment. I'm not against childish name calling. You know, I love childish name calling. <laughs> if you deserve a childish name to be called, then by all means, do it. Ron DeSantis is not that guy, though. And it it is. It, maybe it's not even the Republican Party anymore. Maybe it's the Trump Party. Maybe maybe that's where the base of the party is. Is maybe it is now the party of Donald Trump. And forever and always now, it is whoever Trump, you know, coronates or whatever is the person. Because it makes no sense to me. This is not Chris Christie that we are talking about. This is not Aza Hutchinson. It's not Eric Holcomb. It's not some squish, moderate at best, likely left Republican rhino. You're talking about the most successful governor in the entire country and not only can he not gain traction, but people have now turned against him because Trump gave him a nickname. Mm-hmm. In the latest Rasmussen polls, Trump is at 57%. DeSantis still in double digits. He is the only opponent of Trump in double digits. He's sitting at 13%. And then you have everybody else. Pence at 5%, Chris Christie at 5%, Tim Scott at 4%, Nikki Haley 4%, Asa Hu Hutchinson 4%, and Vivek at 3%. Uh, in the Quinnipiac University poll, DeSantis fares a little bit better where he's at 25%, but yet still trailing Trump. Well, yeah, and the takeaway is whether it's Quinnipiac or Rasmussen or whatever, mm-hmm. Trump is overwhelmingly in control of the Republican primary at this point. Ron DeSantis can't seem to do anything to make inroads, and it's, man, I just keep coming back to this. It is like. Don't some- say it's his voice. No, 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 no. Don't say it's his no, voice. I, what, what this is, and we've talked about this before. It is, you've got a buddy who is in love with some just lunatic lady, and every single one of his friends is going, uh, I don't care how good that is between the hours of midnight and 3 a.m., it ain't worth this. Yet in the mind of the guy, it is that good between the hours of midnight and 3 a.m., and it doesn't matter how crazy it is in the in the light of day. You are you are not reasoning with that guy. You logic has failed. There is nothing that you're going to do to convince him. And you've just got to sometimes just let the let the car crash happen. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you, you know, so when the hey, you up text comes in, (laughs) we're still answering. Well, Ron DeSantis is making some changes. His campaign has laid off 38 staff members. They're trying to revamp among these, you know, stagnant poll numbers. But the interesting thing with this is they have spent a lot of money. They raised a lot. Ron DeSantis raised a lot of money but they spent a lot of money. Well, it's very, and I hate to say this, because I don't think governance-wise these guys are close, but it's very Jeb Bush, which is interesting, a governor of Florida, just like Jeb Bush was, in the way that there has been this huge operation, and it has not appeared to have made a dent. Now, what I will say, and clearly it's not, because he's letting these people go, if he had internals that were showing him it was working, he would just keep plodding along. Iowa is a different animal in the sense of relationships matter there perhaps more than anywhere else. And so your ground game matters, your ability to get people to show up on a cold 
January night, your ability to get people to stay for the whole thing. These are the sort of things who shows up really matters in Iowa more than anywhere else. Maybe he is not finding that that ground game has produced the results he's wanting. And perhaps maybe he's saying a leaner, more efficient Mm -hmm. campaign Mm -hmm. will be more effective for us in the end. But it is never good when people in mass start getting the boots from campaigns. Well, they better hope that strategy is going to work because there have been some of their top donors have given the max amount that they're allowed to. So they can't go back to that well if this doesn't work. Since it's half my show, may I say something for a moment? (laughs) Uh, Sure. Because we get (laughs) a lot of crap about the stuff we say about Trump. And I feel the same way, not exactly, it's not an apples to apples comparison, but I feel the same way about DeSantis that I have Jefferson Shreve so far in the sense of what I mean by is this. The country cannot afford four more years of Joe Biden. Absolutely cannot. If it is four more years of Biden, Harris, Incorporated, we will not recognize this country. The same way the city mm-hmm. cannot afford four more years of Joe Hogshead and Ryan Mears. If we get that, we will not recognize the city of Indianapolis. Look at the look at how different it is from four years ago. Look at well, way different it is from eight years ago. And so I want to when I am critical of Trump. First of all, it's things he actually did or said. We're not making it up. We're not the New York Times. We're not the Washington Post. We're not, you know, Russia collusion. We're not the Steele dossier. We're talking about actual things he has done in terms of his role as president of the United States. But two, I don't think Trump can win. I do not believe Donald Trump has shown, has taken the necessary steps from from three years ago to grow as a person, as a candidate necessary to win the people over, he lost the last time. The people that he won the first time, that he lost the last time. Now, places like Pennsylvania, there's major issues with balloting, but it's not every state. There are states he lost where balloting or ballot counting was not the actual issue. And I feel like it's the same thing, that if it is Trump, he's going to lose. And four years from now, this country is going to be even more recognizable than it was that it is today. All right. Well, that's not what is being said here in the latest Harris poll, where they have Donald Trump polling ahead of Biden. I get, I get that, but other, every other poll has showed he's losing. Over mm-hmm. this is why polling at this point is just it's entertaining for us and hopefully for our audience. But what I, but I, what I, the point I wanted to make. Yes, go, we can go into the the poll real quick here in a second. But the point I wanted to make is when we are critical of Trump, one, we're doing it because it, we are talking about things he actually did as president or is actually doing as someone running for president. We're not never Trumpers. We're doing it because we love the country. We want the country to succeed. We want America to be the vision that the founding fathers had. We want America to be, as Reagan said, the shining city on the hill. America is the last and only hope for a freer, better, more just world. And I just don't think Trump can win. And I'm not going to lie to people and go, oh, yeah, he totally can win. I will vote for him. If he's the pick, I will totally vote for him. But I don't think he can win. You want the nominee to be someone who can beat Joe Biden. So if you want to hate me for wanting the country to succeed, well, then OK, I guess I'll, I'll deal with that. OK, quickly, I'll mention this Harris poll. Uh, Trump is sitting at 46 percent. Biden is at 42 percent. And among independents, even Trump is pulling ahead at 42 percent with Joe Biden at 34 percent. So why would you make someone make this choice, though? Because the choice somebody's going to have to make if indeed Biden stays in this thing and is the nominee and indeed it is Trump, you're going to force someone to make a choice 
between someone who they loathe personally. They cannot, they, people despise Donald Trump. You can say that's right or wrong. I don't. I don't care because I don't need to be friends with the president. Uh, Twitter does not hurt me in any shape, form, or fashion. But you're forcing somebody to make a choice that is needless because they would totally vote against Joe Biden if you gave them anyone else other than Trump. And now for some reason, for a guy who's not even a conservative, Trump's not a conservative, he's not a liberty-minded person, he's not any of the things that most conservatives say they want, they're going to force people to make this choice, and it may not end well for you. Well, it does coincide with the Monmouth University survey, which also said nearly half of Republican voters, 45%, say that Trump is definitely the strongest candidate to beat Biden in 24. And that's like saying my girlfriend is the best looking person here. What else are you going to say if that's your person? You're Yeah, of course he's the strongest person. There's nothing statistically that sh- on a consistent basis that shows that Donald Trump is the strongest candidate. I don't care what this poll says. It is an outlier <laughs> versus on everything else that we have seen, which is that Trump is in many cases the weakest person the worst person if you actually want to win if winning is your goal now you may say screw it i don't care i believe it was stolen and i'm with trump and we're gonna burn this thing to the ground well okay but if you actually want to win statistically Scientific polling is showing you in poll after poll after poll after poll consistently, Trump is the worst person to pick. Well, but also consistently, he is leading in the polls. DeSantis is at 22%, according to this. And this may be one of those situations where you can run the best, most perfect campaign ever. You're not going to win unless your opponent makes a mistake. Hey, guess what? The opponent, Joe Biden, is making mistakes and it is catching up with him you're going to force people to decide do i want the person that i absolutely loathe or do i want the person who i know is a criminal well do they loathe the criminal more yeah I think so. The guy who's killing our economy. We will uh, look, and I, whole, I wholeheartedly, and I know we got to get to a break. I wholeheartedly, absolutely hope you're right, Casey. If Donald Trump is the nominee, I will cheerlead for him to win. I will cheerlead for people to vote for him. I will cheerlead to get this country back on track. I just think it is a needless exercise and is not going to end well. You're listening to Kendall and Casey. It's ninety three WIBC. <laughs> 952, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. I have an etiquette question for you. What's that? Uh, and I'm, I, Maybe we should ask Susan on Friday when yeah. we come back. By the way, top of next hour, Jefferson Shreve will be with us. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was uh, just minding my own business yesterday in the palatial Kendall estate. Yeah. And I noticed there were multiple police vehicles out in front of my house. And I thought, boy, the town council has totally taken the weaponization (laughs) of the police to a new level. Next level. Uh, So I ventured out of my estate Mm -hmm. and I noticed there were cars, cop cars, all the way down the street. There were like three cop cars. And so I start, you know, peeking my head out and I see a huddled group of police officers engaging in conversation with one of the local townies who is on my street. Okay. And I did the Hoosier thing, which is to shout to my wife, honey, grab the baby and come out here. There's <laughs> police doings going on on the street. You're such a Gladys Kravitz, but go ahead. And then, of course, my dad is my neighbor. And so we he came out we, too. We, we moseyed over there. And the so Kendall family out on the street. So etiquette wise, we and we were having this conversation in the lawn. We're standing there watching this unfold. Did you get the camera out? Is No, I didn't get the camera out. <laughs> the, there didn't appear to be any violence of any okay. sort happening. The cops appeared to have it under control. 
was that bad etiquette on my part or and my dad said no you're a taxpayer you're allowed to see you're sure. standing on your own property yeah. you're you're minding your own business you're not engaging anyway in any sort of you know illicit activity you're sure. allowed to sit and watch where your tax dollars are going yeah is that bad etiquette on me to gawk at what the police we're doing with my neighbors. I think it's human nature. I don't know if it's bad etiquette or not, but I would have done the same exact thing. Because I didn't like do it through a window. I wasn't peering through a, a that closed That would have been blinds. even creepier, Well, I, think. I was doing it on my lawn. I was like, yeah. if I'm going to do this, I want people to see that I'm watching. Yeah. I didn't feel like I was doing anything wrong, but then there's a part no. of me that goes, well, am I making a bigger deal out of this than it needs to be? No, no I paid no, the police officer's salary. If there were multiple cars out there, plus if you were in the way, they would have told you. Oh, no, there's no way I could be in the way. I was on, you know, on my property. I was mm-hmm. on private property. The police were two or three houses down. I just wondered, am I being a nosy Nelly? Of course you are. Okay, but that's not bad (laughs) etiquette. You're okay. All right. Hey, I've got something to let you know about. Oh, great. I've been asked to be a governor's candidate debate moderator. Oh, you've been asked to be a what? A governor's candidate debate moderator moderator. What the hell is that? Well, you know, when there's a debate, there's the moderator who asks the questions, right? Uh-huh. That's going to be me. That's coming up this fall. It's going to happen in Hamilton County. And the focus is going to be on medical liberty with the concentration on vaccines, lockdown, masking, and how the governor's candidates would have handled the pandemic differently. How did this happen? Who's doing this? Well, the Stand for Health Freedom and for who Stand for Health Freedom and Hoosiers for Medical Liberty are going to be writing some of the questions. And I have encouraged all of the primary candidates to participate oh. and or minimally talking to you Mike Braun minimally send a position statement congratulations I guess I wasn't asked because they didn't want him to call the candidates a-holes <laughs> probably all right we've got Jefferson Tree yeah. who's going to join us next 955 it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC